Under the Helmet. You do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to the Helmet. I am Chad Parsons. Got another great episode planned this week and some preview of UTH premium content from over the past week. I've got a couple of Dynasty trades in the Dynasty toolbox. I wanted to discuss strategy in your rookie drafts and just from team building in the macro. So that is to come later on. I want to start off, though, with a couple of kind words brought by UTH listeners, subscribers, and super fans over the past week. This comes from Noah. He says, the decision-making matrix is a huge tool. I've never seen anything like it. And what he's referencing is the the Dynasty rookie decision-making matrix that that is available only in the UTH draft guide for 2023. Spent a huge chunk of the offseason doing research, improving on the 1.0 version that last minute got put into the 2022 rookie draft guide there for UTH. But this year, it goes into a lot more detail. It has clear thresholds on what is good value for the top three for 104 through 106 later in the first round and in round two of your rookie draft. What's a good pick? What's a bad pick from a historical value standpoint? Where should you trade out? And it looks at profiles like round one uh, elite profiles at running back. It looks at uh, all the different skill positions, all the different zones and if you're elite or not elite at the skill positions through the projection model lens of your profile. So it's huge, insightful. It really drives what the UTH Big Board has produced in 2023 here. And it is a key feature in addition to the comparable prospect matrix. And of course, 35, 40 pages of written content and another 10 to 15 pages of charts through Excel that you need to have to dominate and have your best rookie drafting season yet. So it's not too late to get that copy. It's going to be available throughout the summer. I know not everyone drafts in the first two weeks of May, but many people do. So even if you just want the rookie content, even if you just want to now have the decision-making matrix, a comparable prospect matrix, and all the other key features of the draft guide, you can get it by signing up at patreon.com UTH. And then the all pro tier, you're going to get access to the VIP chat in addition to the draft guide and all the content you get at Patreon. The other comment is from Sam this week. Thanks for the email, Chad. Have loved your content for years, but never pulled the trigger uh, on the premium side of things. Already regretting my delay. The personal touch is pretty awesome. So the two things I wanted to highlight here, of course, thank you, Sam. Um, but the the first thing, there's so many people that I get messages like this. They've been listening to this weekly show. That goes back to the days with Doug Veach. It goes to the days of Katie Flower being on the show, Tim Torch being on the show, who still mixes in. And now I'm doing more of a solo version, more episodes than not. It even goes back to possibly recording in the days of Pro Football Focus. But they've listened for years. They've heard my voice, whether it's the Football Guys show, now it's Dynasty Think Tank, UTH for years, hundreds and hundreds of episodes, and they've never dove into the premium content of UTH or signed up on the site, gotten the trade calculator, Patreon, anything beyond this weekly show. Again, love to have you. Thanks so much. If that's all you do, 
I, I'm happy for it. However, if you like Dynasty audio content, if you like Trade Calculator uh, for UTH, which has been custom built, there's six new formats. If you play in Titan Premium, that's pretty much my focus this whole offseason has been adding premium formats for tight end into the mix more than just the one or two that were there previously. It's becoming more and more common. And frankly, good luck finding it out there in the marketplace. Two PPR, 1.5, as how is that mixing in with Superflex or point per carry dynamics? You have options in the trade calculator, 20 plus formats, and many of them, it's always future uh, future casting and looking at where dynasty leagues in general and formats are going. So all those types of things are possible. In addition, basically every week you get a drove of premium podcast add-ons with concise subjects. More and more I'm creating shorter shows or very precise shows to the exact content. So you don't have to listen to a 45 minute show and you pulled out five minutes of the topic you actually wanted to listen to. If it's a 10 minute show, it's about a 10 minute topic and you're, you're going to get more show episodes as opposed to long drawn out one hour, two hour. Frankly, as a consumer, I have gone the way of these long shows. I start fast forwarding through it. If I see the headline and it doesn't interest me, they might talk about other things, but I'll never know. It's a two hour show. I ain't got time for that. I've got time for a 30 minute if I kind of know what the concise thing is, but I'm also fast forwarding around episodes more than ever to find what I actually want or uh, hope to listen to. And then the other part I wanted to mention about Sam's message is the personal touch is pretty awesome. My onboarding process for new customers, and I don't even like to refer to them as customers or subscribers. They're super fans, they're friends, and honestly, these are people that I hope to meet in real life. These are people that, you know, I go out of my way to the the subscriber base, the patrons, that they know me traveling around the country, that where I'm headed to next, so that we can get together. Um, coming from Florida over here to the West Coast um, earlier and over, over the past few months, I was able to meet two subscribers and actually, uh, no, three subscribers um, in relatively short time frame between Southern California as well as New Mexico that uh, just such a great experience to sit down and share time with someone that has been listening to me and we've built a relationship beyond you know sitting and having a meal or a drink and having a conversation in person. And I love building those connections. There's subscribers that now I play in leagues with them in a co-owner dynasty team situation that you know we are essentially peers, we are team building together, we are competing together. Um, and that is just such a huge, huge thing, doing auctions together, doing startup drafts, navigating our annual rookie drafts and, and drafting uh, and trading together. So that personal touch, uh, whether it's the emails that I send out, it's constantly being in touch, it's, it's being involved, it's creating custom draft boards. I didn't even mention that as a key feature of signing up for three months or 12 months as a dynasty uh, trade calculator over at UTH subscriber. Though, so those are all personal touches of going beyond your customer 76245 at UTH. No, your name is Sam. Your name is Noah. It's actually like a, a fight club quote. I feel like his name was. Uh, so uh, that that is just the, the next level I go to. I haven't said this analogy in a few months, but it bears repeating. 
I run UTH like it is a 1980s hardware store. I want to know that Henry comes in every Monday. He's looking for mulch. He's looking for a new rake. Hey, you know, how, how's the daughter who went off to college, you know, in, in the fall? How's she doing? You know, I actually want to have that level of relationship with my subscribers. So it's not about advertising on Facebook and creating a partnership with some DFS or, or sports betting site. It is literally about taking care of my own and the subscribers and the super fans, the listeners that I have and fostering a closer and better relationship with them and new folks will come. And that's what the point of this weekly show is. That That's what the point of doing ancillary things or connecting on Twitter um, and listeners in general is about. But it's about fostering the relationship once those have taken the leap and joined UTH in the premium and membership fashion is what I really enjoy. It's not about trying to bring in everybody with promotional offers and you know just uh, I, again doing it in what i see as the typical process in fantasy football dfs or sports betting it's just they want everything you know they're throwing spaghetti against every single wall and hoping it sticks i want to have high sky high retention which i do and I want to value uh, the folks and really do everything in my power to to give them all the tools to see the ROI, to see the benefit, to, to see the change in their dynasty teams once they enter the doors of UTH on the premium side. So those are some announcements on the UTH front. Um, my first topic, like I mentioned, I want to share a full show from the UTH premium side, which is here talking about the nine running back depth charts that did not see notable additions with a rookie. So this is part of what I call running back roundup. It is something that is a weekly show and weekly coverage on UTH in season, and it's periodic in the off season. So this is looking at specifically the nine running back depth charts to not see rookie additions notably in the off season, but plenty of change there on the veteran front. So looking at value opportunities, looking about action planning here and sharing this premium show. So I'm going to share more about what the premium show offerings are at UTH after, but here you go. Enjoy the full length premium show offered to subscribers as just one of the add-ons to their membership over at UTHDynasty.com. Welcome to the UTH Premium Podcast, looking at the nine running back depth charts, largely unchanged or unchallenged in the top three or, three or four spots by a 2023 rookie edition. And let's get started. Uh, one of the most clarified situations with, with upside right now is the Cleveland Browns. You have Nick Chubb, but you have Jerome Ford sitting there right now in the bird dog seat, the number two position, and not challenged notably. Now, the problem for Jerome Ford here, you got Kareem Hunt, who has been with the team. It is still floating out there. And you've got notable rookies, and this applies to some of these depth charts, of saying Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon. There are profiled players ready to splash and pounce if any of these depth charts look thin or the opportunity presents itself to add one of those veterans here in the summer months. But Jerome Ford, one of the big UTH stashes from 2022 to close the season on 
you know, what's going to happen here? Could Nick Chubb be on the move? He's not, but Kareem Hunt likely is on the move. And here we sit with Jerome Ford uh, right in that number two seat. So he is one that while it's very tenuous and I always remind folks with, with running backs, why we go with the volume approach is they're not all going to work out. Now over the past six months, talking November, December stash of Jerome Ford so far, free agency has worked out well for him. The draft has worked out well for him. And he has emerged clean, clean, like a duck's wings coming out of the pond. But uh, I I love Jerome Ford, but let's be realistic. Day three profile and one that they have to add somebody. It really goes too deep at this point. You know, Demetri Felton is is a a hybrid player, not really going to be considered a a 1A or 1B option for a meaningful workload in that backfield. And he's the only other realistic option at this point in time. So Jerome Ford is one that if someone's willing to value him in the second or early third round range, if it if Jerome Ford helps you move up notably to a new tier, maybe it's a Tank Bigsby type profile in a rookie draft, that is something to consider. But if someone comes calling, it's a much bigger deal, and they're like, I have Nick Chubb, and you need to include Jerome Ford, I still would not let that stop you in getting a cornerstone player and doing a much bigger dynasty trade that needs to or is requested to involve Jerome Ford on the other side of the deal. Number two, New England Patriots. And they were a strong enough depth chart. They go five deep here. So no wonder they didn't add to the depth chart. They've got James Robinson in the number two spot with Ramondre Stevenson as a potential. He already was a breakout player, in my opinion, but he has a chance to double down and have a quality 2023. He emerged unchallenged as a round four, a day three selection here. And he has emerged uh, through that. Uh, They have added in, in recent years, Pierre Strong on day three, Kevin Harris on day three quality profiles in their own right Ty Montgomery is still lurking he had a a game or two of relevancy so they are loaded five deep my biggest takeaway on this depth chart is wondering if Kevin Harris is going to be someone that doesn't make the team he ends up moving on and someone that floats out there to a thin depth. There, there are thin depth charts out there. Uh, the Giants are one of them you know when you look at Matt Breida as the, the 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 highest option Beyond Sequan Barkley, you wonder if they're going to add somebody. But Caravan Harris is the type that, you know, I like the cut of his jib, and he's one that I understand 25 to 28 man rosters. It's tough to have Caravan Harris if you had to stay on a strict roster limit going through your rookie draft. Um, If you're able to float higher, I'm trying to keep having Kevin Harris in my leagues as long as possible, but possible is not always possible. So that's going to be the the tough one. Sub 28, especially if you have any super flex or tight end premium dynamics, I think it's going to make it hard to actually roster Harris. But I do think his best opportunity is going to be somewhere where he is cut from New England and he ends up emerging because right now he sits as the four or five. He may be able to be the the three challenging for the two somewhere else on one of these thinner depth charts. That's the biggest point here down the dial here uh, for the Patriots depth chart. For the 49ers, number three on the list here, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Elijah Mitchell, can he stay healthy? You've got Jordan Mason. You've got Tyrion Davis-Price. Now, 
Jordan Mason, I don't see much receiving upside. Elijah Mitchell, a little bit, but McCaffrey is the big PPR option here. Tyrion Davis Price is the one that, talking to UTH listeners and subscribers, is going to be the one that is on the most rosters. He's a tough hold. Uh, I always use the similar thresholds, medium depth, as I reference it, 25 to 28 man rosters. You go to 30 plus, that's the deeper variety. You go below 25, that's the shallower variety. Tyrion Davis Price is one that you cannot really keep in shallower formats. I'm thinking about FFPC. I'm thinking about some of the safe league formats that are 24, that he is a really tough hold. That said, you can swing it if you're light at wide receiver in terms of roster spot number and uh, depending on how much you can float roster spots through the summer months. I think Jordan Mason doesn't have the upside. He also doesn't have the pro uh, profile and pedigree of Davis Price. So that means Mason, for me, in medium depth even, is on the move and one that's going to be a cut if not now, for your rookie draft. And if he made it through that, if there's any cut downs, if waivers are running, I have a hard time thinking he's making it to August on your roster. Because keep in mind, for both of those guys, Davis Price and Mason, they are fighting for the number three role behind even Elijah Mitchell. So one injury to McCaffrey or Mitchell only gets them to possible contested injury away status. And uh, it's also a situation pretty ripe with upside. They were number eight in Hilo, which is high leverage opportunity, a weighted score of goal line opportunities, as well as targets a year ago. Number four, the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, they added DeAndre Swift, a notable addition. They got Rashad Penny. He is also new. Kenneth Gainwell is always the thorn in the side of anyone on this depth chart. They have Trey Sermon, who they stashed. This is a fun depth chart. However, my biggest point here is I would remind folks, number 27 in Hilo a year ago, and this is an offense where the off, the passing game continues to build. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a running quarterback that will siphon opportunities, especially a handful of touchdowns in the red zone. And so you put that together with DeAndre Swift. Can he stay healthy? Rashad Penny, can he stay healthy times two? And then you have Trey Sermon, wild card. And you could argue he's the second most talented pure runner of this foursome. And then you have Kenneth Gainwell, who's going to have a receiving role and siphon away PPR opportunities from whoever sees the most carries. You put all that together, and despite being a strong offense, this is a backfield rife with disappointment because Rashad Penny, how long is he going to stay healthy? If he gets 12 carries in a game, is he going to be around two weeks later? DeAndre Swift, they sold him for largely a ham sandwich, and they said, we want to spend a first-round pick on Jameer Gibbs because we don't like what, what's happening here with Swift, and we're done with you. Uh, none of these are good things. Trey Sermon lasted an hour and a half, checks watch, with the 49ers. So you're putting all this together, and to try to have uh, an action plan and a predictability plan this season, good luck. And again, the, the low bottom five helo makes this so that you are not dealing with a situation that even if you get clarity, A, how long will it last? And B, is it worth the squeeze? DeAndre Swift is the type that I've seen traded for an early second plus something. And if you were able to go Swift and get into the business of a day two running back of the UTH target players from the 2023 class, if you're able to do that, like Tank Bigsby and get a plus, get into the zone where it's getting Jack Charbonnet, these are worthwhile ventures in terms of profiling on where Swift sits in his career versus restarting the clock at 21, 22 years old with a clarified day two option. Number five, 
And this is the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the top two. It's Najee Harris. It's Jalen Warren. And Jalen Warren, what a story going undrafted a year ago, but not only being the starting running back for starting, uh, excuse me, running back two and emerging in that fashion in year one for Jalen Warren. Now, unquestioned going into year two, they don't even address the position. Not a day three splash. They didn't bring in someone like a Zach Evans or a Chase Brown or someone that were like, ooh, not sure what's going to happen here if Najee Harris misses time. We have a clarified situation. Now, it's a low-helo offense, number 25 in the NFL a year ago. Things can change, but frankly, with the Steelers, not a whole lot is going to change. Kenny Pickett's still the quarterback, and they have added to the wide receiver core. Um, this is one where Najee Harris, he can monopolize enough of that backfield to be a strong fantasy producer, but it's going to be one where you need big volume. Jalen Warren was mixing in last year. The same will be the case this year. So this is frankly one of the more boring uh, analysts analysis of of this top nine this big nine with no notable changes of the rookie variety because we really didn't get any change at all even with veterans from 2022 next and number six we've got the houston texans good news for damian pierce he survived. They did add Devin Singletary in terms of a veteran that actually has more pedigree from the draft than Damian Pierce. However, Devin Singletary, it's kind of quizzical because Damian Pierce, you would think they would mix in maybe a pure pass catcher. Devin Singletary is actually not that great or efficient as a receiver. So Damian Pierce, this is good news. They have a new look with a quarterback in CJ Stroud. I'm skeptical of C.J. Stroud in general, so I don't know if that's going to have the massive uptick. They have some plenty of shots at wide receiver. However, the most notable profile, Brandon Cooks, is gone, and they just have questions across the whole offense. You know, how is this going to work out beyond Damian Pierce? Singletary, it looks like the clarified number two. Pierce is going to be one where they were actually 11th in Hilo a year ago. But with quarterback, uh, a rookie variety, will they have more mistakes? Will this be a team typically one of the things you see is bogging down in the red zone and not converting into touchdowns, third down uh, conversion rate, all these types of micro situations uh, that lead to overall macro efficiency for an offense. That is something that for Houston could be lagging. Not that it was super strong a year ago, but just with a rookie quarterback, there are going to be growing pains involved, even if. CJ Stroud ultimately changes the franchise in a positive way. But good news for Damian Pierce. Um, I do wonder, is he one that can get you places? I, I think with his type of profile, you don't want to throw that away. But if you are skeptical, I have some skepticism from day th- for day three running backs who emerge like Pierce has. Yes, you're an outlier, but how long will it last? And typically, it's not as long as day two or day one options. And so Damian Pierce would be the type that this is a golden opportunity if you have him and you emerged through this offseason, you said no to opportunities or didn't shop him at all, that now with the clarity, you can get places in terms of trading him for potential uh, anchor and cornerstone players at the wide receiver position. Two recent examples in the dynasty trade market that I like using Damian Pierce as a tool was Damian Pierce, a second and a fourth for Stefan Diggs 
Really like that shift. Even if it's to an older wide receiver, you get some dependable production. And frankly, Diggs is on a multi-year window, just like Damian Pierce. And profile long-term, you put advantage Stefan Diggs. The other deal I wanted to highlight in Superflex, opportunities are here with Jordan Love. Damian Pierce and a 23-second for Tyler Algier, a favorite buy of mine now that Bijan Robinson is there. Jordan Love and a fourth. So this is essentially giving a second for Tyler Algier, fine palatable price point. And then Pierce for Jordan Love, essentially a later first price point. I like that in terms of Jordan Love. He got a boost with a multi-year allegiance with the new uh, change to his contract. And Jordan Love is loaded down with new and rising, potential rising, wide receivers as well as tight ends. He is in a situation with a chance to succeed. So a potential selling opportunity there for Damian Pierce. Back to the list. And number seven, we've got the San Diego, oops, Los Angeles Chargers. Not going to be the first or last time that I do that with the Chargers moniker. We've got Austin Eckler, but the same three guys we've had last year. And two of the three have been the same for multiple years behind Austin Eckler. That is Joshua Kelly, that is Isaiah Spiller, and it's Larry Roundtree. The key point here, everyone in Dynasty will point to Isaiah Spiller. People were pointing to it 12 months ago. They were drafting Isaiah Spiller largely in the early second round of rookie drafts. He did not make any headway. It was Joshua Kelly as the number two back consistently during the 2022 season. Joshua Kelly has early day three uh, pedigree, just like Isaiah Spiller, and he was the incumbent. And Kelly played well compared to, you know, kind of his drawdown. It was in question in 2021. You had Larry Roundtree added. I don't think Roundtree is an impact here on this depth chart. Instead, it is Joshua Kelly in the number two spot. Isaiah Spiller needs to be considered a wild card number three. Advantage Kelly, Austin Eckler also not moved. So this is one of the more static depth charts on a rising uh, Chargers offense. You've got Justin Herbert. They added uh, Quentin Johnston. I mean, this this is one where... Uh, it's also the number one helo offense high leverage opportunity score from the 2022 season. So if Austin Eckler were to miss time, this is an explosive opportunity. And Joshua Kelly is the type that where I've acquired him, I still have incumbent shares of him from 2022, but I've actually added him where I get to a certain spot in a third round of a rookie draft. You trade your third for moving back to the fourth round, pick up someone like Joshua Kelly. Because essentially in the third and fourth round, what are you looking for? You're looking for a backup running back with a clarified number two opportunity. So if I'm drafting that in the third round, I can trade back, and I actually traded back to the fourth round, picked up Sean Tucker as my selection, but added Joshua Kelly in the trade. So I'm essentially already getting a guy projected to be a backup number two, and I'm picking up a wild card in Sean Tucker in the process. Number eight, the Buffalo Bills. They've been moving and shaking, but it hasn't been with rookie additions. James Cook is the projected starter, but man, you can't feel as confident as a few months ago. They added Damien Harris. They have Latavius Murray. Both are big-time thorns. You've got them mixing in Naheem Hines probably for some select packages and touches on offense in addition to his special team's work. Damian Harris has been a workhorse back. Latavius Murray, certainly a workhorse back. The other problem is they were middle of the road, number 13 in Hilo score a year ago. 
So James Cook, breakout player. But one issue is I think the loser here is Damian Harris. You cannot count out Latavius Murray at this point in his career. He's crashed every single depth chart west or east of the Mississippi that that he touches. So you've got to be concerned there as a Damian Harris owner. And it feels like Damian Harris could be in that Zach Moss mold of where does he fit on this depth chart? You know, that he's not the starter, but he's not really the clarified backup. He's too good to be a number three. Like, it's just very murky. So Damien Harris is the exact type that I've been using to try to move my way up and tear jump in the rookie draft spectrum. If you're two or three picks away, you send an offer that includes Damien Harris, even if it is an opportunity to just close the gap and get someone in round two like a Tank Bigsby. Maybe you're moving from 112 to 110 to get Zach Charbonnet. Maybe you're moving from 108 to 107 to get uh, Quentin Johnston. Use Damien Harris as possibilities to get that done. Latavius Murray, we're going to vice grip him. Not that we're running away from Damien Harris sh- uh, shares, but that's how I would utilize him. And James Cook is another player that I have moved on from on some occasion this offseason. So he's the type that if it's a much bigger deal, um, I have used him as a leverage, as a fulcrum point to get cornerstone players. And I think that's one of the keys is you know, if you just flip James Cook for a couple of seconds or something, that's not the way to leverage James Cook. I utilized him by adding to James Cook and ultimately coming out of that draft and of that trade with A.J. Brown. That's what I'm referencing, going way up the board, getting someone that's a cornerstone auto start element there with your wide receiver core and flipping running back to wide receiver, a key strategy. Next, uh, and number nine, finally, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. You have Josh Jacobs at the top 12 months ago. Ugh, didn't pick up the fifth-year option. What's happening here? Josh Jacobs is back with the Raiders. Zamir White, a lot of buzz about him. Um, another guy that was day three that ends up going highly in rookie drafts a year ago. You've got Amir Abdullah. He is the he is the Kenny Gainwell, if you will, going around the NFL and just siphoning too many opportunities uh, from other backs that we care more about dynasty-wise. And they've got Brandon Bolden. This feels like a backfield that may do something. This feels like a backfield that may add a veteran running back that changes the landscape. Right now, on paper, you say it's Zamir White, it's Amir Abdullah in some form of a committee, but we saw them have allegiance to Brandon Bolden at times a year ago, and I do. I would not be surprised if they are uh, adding to the depth chart, and it looks wildly different for week one than it looks right now, projecting from this lens of injury away landscape. So for Josh Jacobs, he has an unquestioned role. This was a middle-of-the-road helo offense, but frankly, Josh Jacobs just getting enough receiving work with his dominance near the goal line. They brought in another sturdy quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. Fingers crossed he can stay healthy. And uh, their wide receiver core, they added they added a tight end in Michael Mayer. I just feel like in Austin Hooper, these are these are certified, you know, NFL caliber weapons in addition to Jacoby Myers. So this is going to be a stable situation. 
at the running back one spot. However, Zamir White is another one that if you can use him as a launching point to move off the board, there is risk here. And so going to a better profile, I've mentioned before, of these guys on day two, specifically Charbonnet and Bigsby, longer term projectable running back two spots, that is something to leverage to move, work your way up the board and tear jump with someone like Zamir White if necessary in your rookie drafts. As mentioned, what are some of the other content you're going to get at UTH Dynasty over the past week or so? Premium podcasts include things like the On the Clock series. If you're on the clock at 101, 102, I covered 103 and 104, uh, 105 and 106 in that zone. Uh, whether it's one quarterback, super flex, going through uh, the, the key parts, the earlier parts of round one at what is the action planning, what are some trade opportunities, how do the tiers look, how do the profiles, how does the, the decision-making matrix look at these selections and these player options you have. That whole series, a drove of shows in the past week. Also, uh, a, a two-part series of five market observations of round one and round two in rookie drafts of my experience going through the safe league drafts that started on May 11th and looking at the entire series of of 20 plus drafts that I participated in, some trends of target players, uh, players that are going too highly, some trade opportunities as well. So you get that two part series. Next, you look. I look at four specific veteran quarterback trades that I made in rookie drafts and offer some suggestions for moving in the marketplace of dynasty trading in your leagues. Also, I did 16 veteran wide receiver trades where I traded picks and essentially moved around the board for a veteran cornerstone wide receiver or a profile that I preferred to move around the board. So you get that episode of transparency in the UTH trading uh, universe there. And then also looked at the tight end one overall, the historical view of what that profile means, looking at guys like Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and anyone who else might add to that in future years, but it's a very select club and looking at how to handle that, how to value that and projecting ahead from that point in that 12 minute, again, concise, this is exactly what we're discussing topic uh, show on the premium side of UTH. And finally, parallel to the the show that you actually heard as a preview in the middle of this podcast about the veteran running back uh, depth charts that did not were not splashed by rookies in 2023, I also split it out and looked at the running back landscape for the rookies that were affected and how they went to these uh, depth charts for the running back positions. That's running back roundup, just looking at the additional depth charts with the rookies. So those are all new content that you have over there on UTH Premium. It's a a standalone feed. You can connect it to whatever podcast device you want with General Manager Plus sign up. Also looking over at Patreon. I mentioned it before. You get the free draft guide. You get the VIP chat uh, by signing up for just one month, but you still get content over there. People always ask me. They're completely separate. I record a lot. (laughs) Teaser. Chad records a lot. It's not just this weekly show. He records... I mean, probably 10 to 15 minimum shows a week between all my various podcasting platforms, new Dynasty Think Tank with Jordan McNamara uh, that you should sign up for, subscribe, review, all of those good things on your podcasting app as well. Um, And there's offerings at Patreon over there. But for UTH Patreon, patreon.com slash UTH, I looked at... uh, 
I had a couple of different premium shows this past week, three, three surprisingly low ownership UTH rookies. So guys that I like, but I talk about why I did not end up with them much at all, if at all, in rookie drafts. Just And that's the part. You can like the profile, but the price point, or you put, it in a, put them in a certain spot of cost, and all of a sudden you don't end up with very many shares because you got to have two or three picks in the same zone, and frankly, you probably don't in many spots. Also, with Tim Torch last week, we talked about our sports rating system in the overtime segment, talking with Tim. And so if you want to get, again, behind the curtain, Tim Torch and I, every single week, we talk about either sports-adjacent episodes, maybe it's very centric to Dynasty, and sometimes it's completely off-topic and it's non-sports entirely. Um, And last week on the weekly show, our six biggest pivot players and our moments in rookie drafts that are going to define 2023. So again, thank you so much for signing up, whether it's for GM Plus or if it is for patreon.com slash UTH and all the offerings, either one of those platforms have that fit best for you. Finally, this week, I wanted to cover two key trades that I made in the the bevy of dozens uh, since May has started, since the rookie drafts have begun post-NFL draft in terms of defining a theme for 2023. So the first one I wanted to discuss, and this is a stock format, one quarterback, and it's a league with 24 roster spots. So not super deep here. And so what does that mean? It means getting the best player is key in deals. It means consolidating. It means being strong with your, in a start three, three, four, five wide receivers, and then not spending another ounce of roster spot value on wide receiver if you can help it. So I sat there, I had a bunch of possibles, and I wanted to get more secure at my wide receiver position. That's been a theme of this rookie drafting season. And so this trade, James Cook, I traded away. Rashad Bateman, I traded him away. 203 and 303. I gave up four pieces, but I got back A.J. Brown. And I didn't send offers I sent different iterations of that offer around the league. It wasn't just for A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown was the one that got accepted. I also got blind bidding, 25% extra blind bidding waiver dollars on the season. The 203 pick ended up being Bryce Young. But look at all the, the risk that I have. Yes, Rashad Bateman could break out and become a star. James Cook could be the clear running back one for Buffalo and end up being a guy that rises in dynasty value and for lineup value here in September. However, A.J. Brown has been there, done that. He's locked in with Jalen Hurts. He's locked in on a strong offense. We've seen strong play from him consistently throughout his career, and he's mid-career. The the variables with A.J. Brown are so much lower than the, I hope James Cook does something. I hope Rashad Bateman does something, even though they just drafted a round one wide receiver and brought in Odell Beckham on a big price. Uh, 203 but, you know, was traded before it was selected, but it ended up being a suboptimal positional value in Bryce Young in a start one quarterback league. 303, that's actually the third overall pick in the draft in August. I love having early third round picks in this uh, safe leagues throwback format. However, it's a lot of, you know, you need someone to break out. There's still two picks ahead of you in August. And again, a lot of what ifs. I saved three roster spots going to A.J. Brown. And what I love about getting blind bid dollars, and I know that's not the most important part of this deal, but in general, ask for blind bidding dollars. Why? Because you're providing additional power to your decision-making later in this process. May, you may not have another waiver run until July or August, but the point is you get to later points in the season and the calendar and you have more information. 
So right now, uh, one of my favorite ancillary points to this is you sit there and it's one of the last picks of your rookie draft. Let's say it's four rounds and you're sitting at 410. You are making a decision of who do I think is a sleeper uh, with no roster spot allegiance by, mind you, because it's one of the last spots on your team. And you're going to try to be the smartest guy in the room and make a pick that in August or September you feel good about. Good luck. Good luck. But yet, if you turn that into waiver dollars, you're saying, I want to be more aggressive when in August and September I have way more information than May. That's the process here. And that's why if it's $1,000 for the year, you'd like to have $1,200. You'd like to have $1,500. I've had almost $2,000 before, you know, right in the May timeframe so that I can spend freely and be more aggressive uh, on, on the players in August and September to set the table for it truly mattering, especially at running back. So that's one of my favorite trades that I made this offseason. I also wanted to cover uh, another deal that uh, I, I think is a little controversial. Uh, honestly, it's one of my uh, bigger, let's call it risky trades, just on the just on the face value, and I want to unpack it here in the final trade of discussion this week. This comes from one of my favorite leagues. It's not my highest dollar league in entry fee or anything like that, but I love the format. It blends uh, Superflex with tight end premium with at least a moderate amount of IDP. I think there's seven or eight starters on an, on a weekly basis. It actually might be nine, eight, maybe eight, maybe nine uh, with good scoring. And then the annual draft, you can draft rookie, Devi, or IDP with any spot at any time. And it's only four rounds. So it provides a lot of, uh, of punch uh, there uh, packed with, with the annual draft. Also, it makes the waiver wire fun because you can, you know, IDP, you can churn and, and, and stream that. It also has some viable players. You can't stash a ton of backup quarterbacks. You know, you can't stash a ton of backup tight ends or anything like that. So it really does make for a fun format. That said, I have a roster crunch every single year as one of the stronger rosters in the league. I ended up trading Travis Etienne, Sean Tucker, who I had as a Debbie, Trey Sanders, still a Debbie. Uh, he was Alabama, now transferred, I believe, to SMU. Uh, then we have uh, LJ Johnson, formerly of Texas A&M, that he has since transferred as well. So uh, we have four players moving on, all running backs. And it goes to a team that is... Uh, you know, light on depth in general. And that's why they make a trade like this. I traded all of that for Christian Watson, 301 and 407. It's a four round draft. But again, you can draft uh, IDP, you can draft uh, Devi. Typically, you know, Devi is your sole opportunity of the year to acquire them. They're not available on the waiver wire or anything like that. So getting two reset shots and then moving to Christian Watson. And the general response is you sold low on Travis Etienne. And I will mention it this way, that I tried Travis Etienne for a number of notable uh, wide receiver profiles that I preferred. But I, I, again, I'm open to a lot of different wide receivers in that bucket where, again, I want to be lean and mean. I want to feel secure at wide receiver because I can go to the waiver wire and I can go to the bullpen, you know, give the, uh, the lefty the southpaw from the pen uh, anytime I just want to bolster it and I have an open roster spot. So running back, I'm not super concerned about. And one of my big moves is in the offseason is trading running back for wide receiver when I can. And so Travis Etienne, who I like, but Tank Bigsby to me is a significant addition. I don't really view Etienne as a true workhorse back. Now, you can still be really good. You can still finish highly in fantasy without being a workhorse. 
but I have some concern that we're going to see a bigger split with ETN uh, and the running back two in that offense, a.k.a. Tank Bigsby. Uh, they brought in Dearness Johnson. Uh, these are guys that can play. And so I'm interested to see how this evolves. ETN is also at a point where the age installation is starting to creep away. He's mid-career. He came in at 22.x uh, years old, and he was one that stayed through a senior season in college. Neither of those are, and after having a redshirt uh, with an injury season to start his career, those are not necessarily strong traits when you project ahead and all of a sudden a guy's 26 years old and you're like, oh, it crept up quick. So he, he doesn't have those uh, those uh, partitions on, those uh, those insulation skates on his profile that some others that come in at 21, they don't lose a whole season right away, all those factors to their, their profile in, in the NFL. And so, again, it sounds like a lot, but Sean Tucker, again, I, I thought he was going to go day two. He ends up going undrafted. That's a significant change. Trey Sanders, Elliot Johnson, to some extent in this type of format, they're roster cloggers. Uh, they're not really on a high-level success track. Could they make their way into the NFL and, and, and make noise? Sure. But not they're, they're not an optimal play at this standpoint. So I trade all that away. It's essentially, in my view, it's ETN for Watson Plus. Now, why Watson? Well, Watson is on the list of select very few players in terms of profiling that are on, on a strong efficiency plane to begin their career. You saw he had, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a phrase, but it, it's just f- because it applies to how he started out with an injury and it really looked like it was derailing things, but the moment he started to play, things changed graphically. So it was an Odell Beckham type of track in the sense that he missed a lot of camp, he missed the early part of the season, and but once he got going, it was a pronounced impact. Not like Odell Beckham in that sense, but he started producing right away. 2.26 yards per route run as a rookie. Only Chris Olave from last year's great class was better. Drake London was very good. Garrett Wilson was very good. Traylon Burks at 1.75 was very good. And Watson was better than all of them but Olave. 20 yards, uh, excuse me, and a 20% open target per route run figure is excellent. His dot of 14 was excellent. And he was pretty much middle of the road in some of the other ancillary metrics that I that I track. He's a 96% score athlete. He produced 11 points per game as a rookie. All these are positive indicators. There's explosive upside here with Christian Watson. The other aspect is getting the two picks that I can spend on Devi. I can parlay that to future picks. Those picks have not been made in the draft yet as of the time of this recording. This And so I'm shifting over. I'm losing Travis Etienne. But the other big factor here is when you are an elite team, and this team is an elite team. You need to take shots at A, balancing your team or going after positions like a strong level success track year one into year two wide receiver. Those are hard things to get. Chris Olave is not super accessible in the market. I have gotten shares this offseason, but he still is not one that is universally available. Garrett Wilson, same thing, not universally available. Drake London, same thing. But Christian Watson is the most accessible of that whole zone. The other aspect of, of, of this is the, the roster that I mentioned is you, you need to find balance. Say, where do you feel least comfortable? I mean, I have 
in, in tight end premium, I have Travis Kelsey, uh, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, and now I added Dalton Kincaid at tight end. I'm good. I feel comfortable there. At running back, even without ETN, I have Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard, who I'm open to uh, selling, uh, AJ Dillon, and others. I feel good there. Quarterback, I go four deep. I'm comfortable in Superflex there. Wide receiver, I feel a little less comfortable. And part of the reason is I've got some older wide receivers who I still really like, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett. Those guys can be your front four on on any start three league. I've got Deontay Johnson, mid-career. I like him. He's undervalued. But I don't have an explosive upside younger player. I took a few shots on Debbie over the years. Those have generally not worked out. Um, I generally spend it on running backs, maybe an occasional quarterback. But I don't have a younger guy as as a cornerstone, up-and-comer, core player. Christian Watson gives me that. And to be fair, Travis Etienne being on my depth chart, not being on my depth chart, probably doesn't matter at all, considering my depth. Could he play? Certainly. Is he a notable auto start over the guys I mentioned? Certainly not. So that's where it changes, where you say, oh, well, you lost on market value. Potentially. But it also, you know, wide receiver, and especially a younger wide receiver, affects and alters and is more desirable on my team than a running back. And also the two picks of staying flexible, keeping the coffer going. I've hit on late Debbie picks like Quinshawn Judkins from a year ago. Uh, Braylon Allen was affordable cost. Um, I Branson Robinson uh, from a year ago was pretty affordable. We'll see about KJ Jefferson, who I like out of Arkansas. So building up that depth, because for me in this league, uh, Debbie players, when you hit on them, even as the process is going of them being in college, those turn into being able to add them in an aggressive fashion to then get an auto start player at a veteran NFL position and standing. Um, so those are key points. Um, and, and again, uh, on a team, when you are strong, think about two things, double lineup theory, which is if your key player, whether that's Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey um, or a stud wide receiver, if they go out and they're out for the year, what are you going to do? Do you have a good secondary plan? If you start three wide receivers, do you go five or six deep? If the answer is no, maybe you want to work on that as an elite team. Or do you like your depth at running back? If the answer is no, you might want to work on that a little bit. Now, again, you can work on this in different ways. Uh, training is just one vehicle. At quarterback, if it's super flex, do you have a good top three? If you have a good top three, what about getting a functional number four guy? These are all things to consider so that you really insulate yourself from injury, maybe a down season by somebody. Um, you know, tight end, do you have two good guys? So these are these are all things to kind of work on if you already have a really good starting lineup. It's, it's the secondary goal list for having a truly dominant dynasty team. And that's what we talk about every single uh, time of, of UTH shows in the closing. And again, thank you so much for listening this week. We It's a jam-packed show. It's double the length of a typical show because I had a lot of things to say. Wanted to share about recent Dynasty trades. Also wanted to share a full-length preview of a UTH Premium podcast. And you got to hear uh, just what's come, over, come out over the past week at UTH Patreon as well as General Manager Plus at UTHDynasty.com. Thank you so much for listening. And as always... Never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.